This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, good morning and welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. I am Dean Holland here with Charlie Dobbin. How are you this morning, Charlie? I'm excellent. How are you? I am well. And of course, you are in your studio in Prince Edward County, and I am here up in Collingwood. And Carlos is handling all the calls (laughs) at Zoomerplex in Toronto. And we were all there last week, of course, for uh, Doors Open. Yeah, what'd you think? I loved it. I had a great time. Yeah, I was there pretty much all day. Really? And your family was with you? Your daughter, your wife? Yes, a a portion of my family. Yes, my youngest of four was there. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and she's actually off to... uh, her end-of-year dance recital. And so right after the show, oh, I nice. take off uh, there to the beautiful town of Meaford. Oh, and sweet. Uh, Yeah, we're going to see her dance this afternoon. Yeah. Very nice. Beautiful day here. Sun is shining, not a cloud in the sky. Beautiful. Now, I see those, uh, those uh, lines already lighting up, but I do want to give out the numbers. If you have a question for Charlie, uh, anywhere in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Or anywhere in the province of Ontario, it's a toll-free number, 1-866-740-4740. And please uh, do let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller, and we will give you your garden wings. (laughs) And I have to find my bell. (laughs) I kind of can see you reaching around. Oh, no, I don't know where the bell is. (laughs) I'll find it. Tingle, tingle, tingle. Tingle, tingle, tingle. And uh, I remember the mantra, please, 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 because we have more and more people calling. Call often, call early, and one question per call, please. Mm-hmm. And have you got any announcements? Uh, yeah, for- just a couple things people sent me via email. Um, I heard from the Leeside Garden Club, sorry, Garden Society. They have a speaker series. It's wrapping up for the end of the season. Their last meeting is June the 9th, so coming up very soon. <clears throat> 7 p.m. It's a Zoom meeting. Anybody can join. Everyone is welcome. The special speaker is Paul Galatly, who many of you will know as the Tattooed Gardener on Instagram. Very interesting guy, full of all kinds of great information. So he'll be very entertaining. Definitely worth attending that meeting. For more information, visit the website. Uh, that's very trip- very simple. It's Leaside Garden Society, one word, dot org. They also have a garden tour coming up. On January. Now, that's a Zoom meeting, but of course, the garden tour is in person. Again, all the information is on their website. That's Saturday, June 18th. And uh, Master Gardeners will be available, special gardens. And of course, Leaside is a beautiful part of Toronto to get into people's backyards. That's always my favorite part about yeah. the garden tours is you get yeah, to yeah. sneak around and see like, what's really going on. Uh, one other thing is the Ancient Court Garden Club. They are meeting in person Monday, June 13th, 7.30 p.m., Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland Avenue. And the headliner is Helen Battersby. Again, a very entertaining speaker, certainly worth listening to. She'll be uh, presenting 
on the Buffalo Garden Walk. Uh, and of course, the Buffalo Garden Walk is very famous. Dean, you might not have heard of it, but we'll talk more about it. It's an okay. annual event every summer. Yeah, no, I haven't heard that. Uh, so two things. I've got my bell. Okay, so we're good there. <laughs> and we've got lots of callers on the line already from all over the province. So we are going to take our first break right now. And we'll be back with more on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here on The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland here in studio, or sort of kind of with Charlie <laughs> Dobbin. We are absolutely in studios. She and we have studios. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we have lots of callers on the line. Uh, we are going to go right now to Laura, who's uh, uh, calling from Pickering. Good morning. Welcome to The Garden Show, Laura. Good morning. 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 What do you got for Charlie? I wonder, um, I know I've asked just one or two questions. This is my first time on the call, but I wasn't sure if you might recognize my voice. Don't, no, I don't. There you go. I definitely won the prize last year in your class for asking the most questions. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Laura. I recognize your giggle. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said with small creatures become a big problem to call Charlie Dobbin. Um, <laughs> I have these beautiful lupins um, in my front garden that are just gorgeous, and I just discovered last night that they're totally infested by aphids. And, like, the little bumblebees have been, like, on them, like there's no tomorrow, um, enjoying the flowers. So I want to make sure that I'm careful and don't harm them. But I also and would like to just get rid of the problem as quickly as possible and make sure I don't give the problem to anyone else. And I wasn't sure what you would recommend. Uh, you know what? You bring up a really good point. If you go out there and you spray with a nice low toxicity spray like a soap and water solution, that'll do a pretty good job at annihilating or killing many of the aphids. However, it will also kill any other little insects that the soap contacts. So in this case, you know what I would do? Well, you know what? Lupins are a very beautiful flower right now. Uh, they, you know, for the next two weeks or so, and then they pretty much aren't so beautiful. I would probably just leave them alone or just get out your hose and give them a, a spray with some water. Water mm. will knock off some of the aphids, but it certainly won't kill any of the insects, but it'll certainly shake them up, knock them to the ground, slow down any damage that they're doing to the aphids, sorry, to the lupins. But um, yeah, it's a it's a kind of a cost benefit thing. You've got to really weigh it out. What's, what's it worth? I mean, what's the worst thing the aphids can do? They're just sucking a little bit of juice. They're not going to kill the plants. Mm. And um, so wait two weeks, um, spray with water, wait two weeks, and then would you just cut them right down to the ground and dispose of the aphid-infested plant parts? Yeah, well, in two weeks, they probably won't have a lot of aphids on them, but oh. keep an eye on them. Once the flowers are no longer showy, definitely consider if there's still lots of aphids on the leaves and stems, get out your soap then. But just like you said, be careful when the flowers are open and blooming, you are going to be damaging other little pollinators and other little insects that you really don't want to damage. So wait till they're done flowering and at that point decide whether it's a cut them down or a soap solution and let them, you know, strengthen themselves up because you want to see them again next year. Yes. Um, and okay. if I were to cut them down, I'm assuming that putting them in the yard waste pile is probably not the best 
idea? Like, would it be best to put in like an actual garbage bag so don't give the aphids to the mm, city? No, that's or? always the challenge. You know what? I I don't know. I'd have to double check. How do aphids overwinter? I think they overwinter in the case of lupin aphids in the soil, not on plant parts. <clears throat> so I think you'd be quite safe to keep the the plant parts in the compost and recognize that yeah aphids are they just certain weather conditions bring them out <laughs> okay thanks oh, for the question there laura thanks laura. And, Bye, yeah, Kelly. Nice and thanks from you thanks for the giggle too <laughs> okay and uh, i gotta tell you charlie i uh, i enjoyed your episode of healing gardens this uh, this past week Oh, uh, you the, watched the, it, the, did you? The Natobi Gardens, is that correct? Yeah, Natobi Memorial Gardens at the University of British Columbia. Pretty beautiful, eh? Really, really nice. And really yeah. took me back, I have to tell you, that whole episode really took me back and uh, to my childhood because I grew up uh, just outside of Hamilton in Ancaster, and mm-hmm. I spent so, so, I can't tell you how many hours of my childhood I spent in the ravine playing yeah. in the ravine and Me the stream too. and and the the trait where they were like passed through there and oh my goodness it brought back so many memories yeah i did too i actually grew up on a ravine in the dawn valley and uh yeah every summer that's where we spent our days <laughs> dawn till dusk down the ravine yeah. catching salamanders swimming in the polluted yeah. dawn river stuff like oh. that <laughs> <laughs> didn't swim in the polluted dawn river but and there was a it was a it was more of a stream that ran through that ravine there was no big uh, wading area but uh, yeah my goodness catching salamanders and finding birds and all sorts of things down there and yeah it was uh, it, it brought back a lot of good memories and it really gave me a sense of that that feeling of calmness again that i'd forgotten all about and well, you yeah, that and it, if, it's interesting, too, because the doctor, Dr. Lamb, Melissa Lamb, who's in the episode of Healing Gardens, she talks about the study they did with with children. So you and I thinking back to being kids yeah. and taking kids out into the garden or taking kids out onto the sidewalk in an urban environment and what a difference it makes to their bodily functions, like their actual physical heart rate, you know, blood pressure, yeah. you know, brain activity. All of it is so affected. And we just took it for granted that we could go out and play in the ravine. That was just our normal. But it's actually something that's really, really, really important for everybody of all ages. Yeah, well, it's it's certainly, and I mean this very sincerely, made me want to take another walk through the woods, uh, in and because it did bring back a lot of good memories. Uh, listen, I ha- we have just, to take we we have to go to a break. Wait, wait just before go we go, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to mention to <clears throat> excuse me to the listeners, if you don't get Vision TV, because not everybody has cable and then Vision TV, you can watch. 10 episodes, documentary series called Healing Gardens that I host, and it's produced by Zoomer Media on the web. Just go to www.visiontv, one word, visiontv.ca. So backslash shows, backslash healing hyphen gardens, backslash. And there it is, right on your computer. Monday nights, 9 p.m. airs not only on cable television, but also on the web. Fabulous, and I would highly recommend it. Uh, I do have to go to a break, but we will be back with more on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay, back. Yes, on The Garden Show. Charlie Dobbin. I'm Dean Holland. We got lots of callers on the line. Let's go right now to Elizabeth in Scarborough. Welcome to The Garden Show, Elizabeth. 
Good morning. Um, I love rhubarb and have several clumps in different areas, but all are very spindly. Uh, I'm lucky to have a stalk that's a half an inch uh, across. Most are just size of a large knitting needle. Hmm. What can I do to increase my... And this is rhubarb you've had for many years, I assume? Yes. And, and I did, uh, a couple of years ago, um, took some and moved it to some different areas in the, in the uh, garden. Now, one area that I understand, because the raspberry canes are shading a lot of rhubarb, so that's why I moved some to the side of the house where it gets mm-hmm. a bit more sun. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so two things, I guess. One is when rhubarb is young, it tends to be spindly because it's young. So anything you moved recently could be, you know, small and spindly because it's not yet established. But really old rhubarb that's really overcrowded tends to be spindly as well. Okay. Uh, So the idea of moving some around was probably a good idea because you probably alleviated some of the overcrowding. Yes. Uh, I would... Uh, definitely consider a couple of things. One is top dressing with some good, good old composted manure. Okay. Um, and that so and and again, m- more dividing. Even if you're dividing to share with neighbors because you have enough plants in the fall or early spring, you know, consider uh, alleviating any overcrowding that's going on in those clumps. But at the same time, I would do that that top dressing with some good organic matter because they do need, you know, a slow feeding with, you know, good quality organic material. I also think that this cool spring may have slowed down some of our plants. The air has been cooler this spring than last spring by far. Uh-huh. And then, of course, we've also had the cool soil to go with it. So I think some things are not as far. Well, some things definitely are not as far ahead, some plants, as they were this time last year. What about fertilizer? Well, I mean, I do, you can, I do you have 20-20. Is that now. a and sort of an all-purpose yeah, you could do that now, and that would boost some growth. But don't just do it once. Follow the instructions. Yeah, and all purpose, like a twenty 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 seven seven seven. One of those. Yes. Uh, do that once. Do that now. Um, but okay. then, like I said, I think rhubarb would really benefit from some top dressing with organic matter more than just trying to boost a bunch of growth with the synthetic fertilizer. But for sure, you will get more rhubarb this season by fertilizing now. Now, I have a, a compost um, uh, thing that uh, I could probably, uh, it, it takes a long time for my vegetables and whatnot to actually yeah. get in, but I'm sure at the bottom of the uh, the bin there might be, would that be good to put around the rhubarb? Yeah. It would be at this time of year because it's actively growing. You wouldn't want to put more than about a half an inch. Okay. But if you wait till fall or do it in the spring, you could bump it up to twice that and put about an inch around the plants. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you. I'll try that. Elizabeth, good luck with your rhubarb. And you know, I've I've been picking it, and I managed to pick a lot, like a whole big handful of stalks, and so I get about uh, a cup and a half of stewed rhubarb and really enjoy it. <laughs> I am a okay, rhubarb fan as well. Much. So, yeah, thanks very much for the call, Elizabeth. Yeah, and if Elizabeth ends up having an abundance next year, I will be happy to fix it. <laughs> I love rhubarb. Okay, we're going to go to uh, John in Markham. Good morning, John. Welcome to the Garden Show. Good morning, folks. Uh, morning. Beautiful day today, but yesterday I, I love 
uh, pardon me, I do love dahlias, but yesterday I walked in the garden, and I got quite a few of them. I never had this problem before. I got bugs eating the leaves of my dahlias, and mm. I really get upset about that. So call me down, maybe you could give me advice. <laughs> okay, so when you looked, you could see the bugs? Like, you saw no, the leaves, I it looked like somebody had shot a shotgun through the leaves, so there's little holes? But I did use some water and some dish soap uh, mixed with water and sprayed on the leaves. But I don't know if it's that strong enough. I don't know. Maybe there's something better, something that... Right. Did you see away. the insects? Are they like little tiny caterpillars? From the, from the 16 plants I have, only two were attacked so far. Okay. And, and did you see the insects? No. I looked for it, but I could maybe try. Right, so that's so that's one for, for to really properly do insect control, we have to have a sense of what the insect is. If you know, because different insects are um, controlled differently, um, so sometimes the leaves are being chewed from the edges of the leaves, and sometimes the leaves are being chewed right in the middle. But the, the, the total leaves were eaten, the whole thing. Oh, leaves were just missing in they action. They love eating those things. It must be good. Hmm. You know what? <clears throat> any, any household product except soap or water? Can I use something else? Mm, I wouldn't. So make sure soap works, but it's got to be soap, not detergent. So keep oh, in mind yeah, that I most dish, of the dish, dish soap, dish soap, but not dish detergent. No. That will work on contact to kill insects. So you mix the dish soap, yeah. 40 parts water, with yep. one part soap, and you spray, as you did. However, in order to do more than just give the plants a bath, you need to actually uh, contact the insects with the spray, the oh. soapy spray. So that's why the seeing the insects is so important. Uh, something I would do if I were you, because obviously you want to protect your dahlias, yeah. is I'd go off to my local garden center or my local yeah. you know, Canadian Tire mm -hmm. and buy something that they should have in stock right now uh, where all the different uh, insecticides are. Uh -huh. And it's called B as in Bob, so the B. letter B. T as in Tom, so the letter T, That's so B, B, T, B is, K. B as in Bob. Yeah. T as in Tom. T? T, or T as in Tom. Yeah, and then K as in kite. B, T, K. Sorry to bother you. I have only because of bad hearing. No worries. T, Three T letters. Say it again. You say T as in Tom? Yes. And then? Yes. Second letter? K. K. K as in kite. Yes. That's it. Three letters. K, that's all? Yep. Oh. <laughs> Buy that, take it home, yeah. mix it with water as per directions, spray yeah. it on the leaves of the dahlias. Yeah. The leaves will become uh, poison to insects that chew oh. leaves. So that's fun. the advantage. That'd be really worth trying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I might lose. Yeah. I might lose more of them if I put something stronger on this dish soap. Oh yeah. No, don't do. There's nothing stronger you can use. No, the BTK will work as a preventative. Uh -huh. You do not need to spray the insect. You need to spray the leaves. BTK. Any insect and that chews will the die. Leaves, imagine, Charlie, underneath the leaves too, all around. Yep. Yeah. 
Oh, the trips. Top. Okay. Thanks, John. Yeah, Good thanks, John. Good luck well, with those dahlias. Yeah, yeah. Have a great, uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy this, uh, this weather. I'm uh, <clears throat> just going to give those numbers out again. We do have lines open uh, anywhere in Toronto. Four one six three six zero zero seven four zero. And uh, anywhere toll-free in the province of Ontario, one 866 I'm just going to put my two cents in there, Charlie. You know, I, I've come up with this idea that I think I might try in my garden. And then it's gonna, I'm going to put a separate little plot with all sorts of plants. And I'm going to put a sign that says free lunch, you know, and so the bugs all go there. <laughs> You know, it's just trying. You gotta write it in insect language. I do, yeah. It'll have all these different insect languages. Free lunch. There, come on over here. <laughs> Flashing lights Gour- around at the whole bit. Yeah. Gourmet, uh, yeah. Yes. Belly up to the bar. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> okay, we are speaking of anywhere in the province of Ontario. We're going to go to Hagersville now. Mm. We have Anne waiting on the line. Good morning and welcome to the Garden Show, Anne. Good morning to both of you. Um, I sent an email to Charlie about a vine that I wanted to plant, and I got a planter for it, and I neglected to say what kind of vine it is. It's a perennial vine, Charlie, and I'm hoping that it will make it through the winter, even though vines don't, uh, perennials don't usually make it through winter. But I'm putting some liner in with styrofoam, and it's close to the house and on the south side of the house, I'm hoping the vine will survive, but I want to know what would be some good, uh, efficient drainage material. Right. So this is a planter you're planting into that has drainage holes, I assume. I put some in. Okay, you popped some hole. Good, good. Always a good idea. What kind of vine is it? Uh, It's a climbing um, honeysuckle. Oh, that's a very nice choice. Uh, Okay. And you're going to, because you did send me an email and I did ask you what your long-term invent, uh, intentions were for the vine, because you had asked about, you know, bulking up this planter. It sounds like it's a pretty good size. You said it's about 28 inches by 13 inches and about 20 inches deep. That's so right. if you want the plant to survive the winter, the more soil you have around the roots, the better your chance of survival. That's why I asked if it was a perennial vine or an annual vine. An annual vine, I'd be filling the bottom 10 inches with, like you said, chunks of styrofoam, uh, you know, old nursery pots, anything, just so you don't have to buy expensive soil. An annual vine doesn't need 20 inches of depth of roots, whereas a perennial vine may need that. So I would personally get yourself some good quality potting mix or container garden soil mix in a bag uh, and I would plan to fill that entire planter with a good quality uh, bagged soil you can mix it one third good quality triple mix or good quality garden soil with the potting mix uh, into the container and plant your vine and then um, the lining with styrofoam is a good idea that will help with survival as well and then uh, cross your fingers that the plant survives and makes it through the winter it's quite amazing sometimes what plants will survive outside in pots okay i'll I'll hope for the best thank you very much yeah thanks for thanks for the call ann bye-bye Bye-bye now. We, uh, we popped into the garden center, local, one of our gar- local garden centers mm-hmm. yesterday, bought some geraniums yesterday. I, oh, uh, my. And you know what? And I was not 
I was not a big fan of geraniums growing up. My grandmother always had them. And I, I kind of went, and I kind of went, yeah, yeah. But she yeah. said, but they, they bloom all summer long. Yeah, and, and I have actually become a bit of a fan of geraniums. There you go. I know you're becoming a bit of an old lady in your old, in your old age. Yeah, thank you for that. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> I, next thing you know, you're going to be making lavender sachets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> for your underwear drawer. <laughs> yeah, I, that I haven't got. But I have to tell you, I do have a lavender patch, and we dry, we dry them out. And <laughs> you're going to you go. tell you what we do. I got them in jars in my kitchen, and I use them in my scones. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's yeah, great. I do. Yeah, I've been doing that for years. I love it. That, and that's a good point. Lavender is very edible. Another one of those plants. We we know it smells great, but we don't often think about eating it. Yeah, yeah. I dry it and I keep it in the jar. And quite often I'll make on a Sunday morning, I'll make a lavender and lemon scone. You know, oh, I'm so coming to your place. Everybody's loving it. You know what? You got it. Come on over. <laughs> uh, speaking of coming on over, we're going to go to Dave now in Etobicoke. Welcome to the Garden Show there, Dave. Thanks, Dean. And good morning to you both. Uh, Charlie, I have um, a couple of uh, milkweeds that came up last spring in North Flower Bed. This spring, mm -hmm. I have about eight. Can mm -hmm. I transplant them to the south side before they take over the north side? I know. <laughs> it's a very good question. In my experience, I would say no, but I guess it just depends how deep the roots are. I find that milkweed tends to have very deep roots, and then it sends shoots up off the root. So when you when you uh, try to dig or do any kind of moving, it's very hard to get that lower root as part of your digging process. But yeah, if you can, for sure, uh, I would do it. The sooner you do it, the better. Okay. Well, thanks to you both. Okay. Thank thanks you very much. Yeah. Take care. You, you know who are. You know who are the biggest pollinators or the biggest <laughs> transplanters of milkweed and dandelions? <laughs> no, children. who? <laughs> children. Oh, of course. <laughs> because yeah. I remember when I was a kid, oh, if you found a milkweed or yeah. a dandelion, you'd be blowing those things all over the place. You just wave <laughs> them in the air and you just love to see them floating around. And then, of course, the neighbors would be going, ah. <laughs> yeah. Stop that child. Stop you that. Know, I used, you know what I used to do is send my kids out into the uh, to the garden when the yep. dandelions were yellow, and yeah. I'd say, "Look at all those pretty yellow yeah. flowers! Pick me a bouquet!" Yeah, and then they go out pick them all. And I put them in a little jar and act like they were beautiful. But it was just a way to keep them from flowering, which yeah. sort of keep them from going to seed, which mm -hmm. is a very good point. That you know we see weeds flowering, we're busy, we don't always have time to get out there and pull them. At least get the flowers off before they go to seed. Before they go to seed. Okay. Uh, let's go to, we have time for another caller. Uh, Pat mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. Mississauga. Welcome to the Garden Show, Pat. Hi, Dean, and uh, hi, Charlie. Charlie, I just wanted to say how much I enjoyed the Healing Garden on Monday night, and it was just, I found it very calming. I enjoyed the commentators. It was just a lovely walk through that uh, forest and, and park area, and uh, I, I intend to watch all of the shows. I hope I can tune into them all, and thank you again for such a oh, lovely program. Thanks for the feedback. I love it. Okay, thank you. Bye for now. Oh, oh bye. No question? <laughs> oh, okay, no question. Hey, hey, I'll take a call. That's a great call. I like that. That's a great call. You know, I'm just yeah. quickly looking. At, I'm not finding it. Oh, there it is. Um, okay, so the next episode, just to give everybody a heads up, yep. because I'm glad that people enjoyed that so much. 
um, the the last one, which was University of British Columbia. So yeah. the third episode, which will be this Monday coming, yeah. 9 p.m. I Vision think I TV, know what this is, I think. It, well, actually, it's your old stomping grounds. Yeah. The Royal what, Botanical yeah. Gardens. Yeah, and really my old stomping. I got to tell you, when my wife and I, so my wife and I met in 97, and we mm-hmm. bought a house six months mm-hmm. later and got engaged at the same time. And the house we bought was was right by Dundurn Castle oh, in, nice. uh, yeah. in uh, Hamilton. And so we would get up in the morning and we would walk all the way past Dundurn Castle. We would walk into the parts of the yeah. Royal Botanical Gardens, yeah. the Lilac Gardens and everything. The it's Dell. Huge. It's called the Lilac Dell. Yeah, we would walk. And actually the, the irises are blooming now at the RBG and they have the biggest, they have not only the biggest lilac collection, but also I think the biggest iris collection in all of North America. So they, if you like irises, man, every color of the rainbow blooming for weeks and weeks and weeks. Wow. Well, I will send you a picture when we're finished the show because we have, I don't know whether the temperature is just right, but our irises are looking mm-hmm. mighty spectacular right now. And they're, we've got a few different styles up right now. Nice. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go take a, take a break. I will give those numbers out again, though, before I do that. 416-360-0740 or anywhere in the province of Ontario, toll free 1-866-740-4740. We will be right back with more right here on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back with The Garden Show, and uh, the lines have been lighting up very steadily, as is the time of year. I think you were saying, Charlie, you, 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 because I started with you in November, you warned me. You said, come this way. <laughs> yeah, yep, lots, no time to chit-chat. Answer, lots answer and lots calls. of questions. Okay, we're going to Richmond Hill right now. We've got Gabriella on the line. Good morning, Gabriella. Welcome to The Garden Show. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, good morning to Charlie and Dan. I have a question. Hello? Yeah, Hello, we're here. We're here. Yeah. What is oh, your hi. question there, Gabriella? The question is, I have... Uh, Tulips, and uh, I need to clean my flower beds. Now they start to get brown. The leaves. Uh, can I cut them down, or I have to wait until the leaves they completely dry out? Well, to be at able least to, wait until the leaves you know, are completely yellow. Right. If you leave them till they're yellow, then you can cut them at ground level and plant around them. Otherwise. Do your best to leave them alone. Let them go completely yellow if you want to have tulip flowers next spring in your garden. Or some people dig them up now. They just think they're too ugly. They dig them out of the garden. They let them go dormant above ground and then replant them later in the summer or early fall. So sometimes people do that because they just can't handle how ugly the tulips are as they're dying down or the leaves are dying down. Yeah, that's the way they look now. Well, I don't really want to dig them out because uh, it's very hard to find them. You know, must be very down because mm. I keep them, I put a soil on top every spring. Sure. Yeah. But, so um, work around I was thinking them. to you cut know, about two planted... inches from the ground. What's that? I don't know if I will damage the, the bulbs if I do that. Do what? The stem of the, sure. the, the tulips. Is that, is yeah. to wait no, until they all dry, the leaves turn brown. If I right. could cut them about two inches from, you know, higher from the ground, sure. you that would be damaging the bulbs or not? 
if you wait until the leaves are completely yellow, it will not hurt the bulbs. If you cut today, you will have smaller bulbs. So try and wait. But just so you know, and everybody else knows, I just yesterday or the day before planted zinnias, little flowering zinnias that are annual flowers. I planted them in amongst my bulbs that are not so pretty anymore. So I've got daffodils and tulips. I'm letting them die down, but I've tucked in these zinnias in amongst so that as the zinnias go up, the bulbs go down. And in the next month, you will not see the bulbs and you will see the zinnias. For now, it's not that pretty. I know it's okay. not that pretty. That's why I don't want to ruin the bulb. That's why I call you to let you, you know, to ask you. But thank you very much for all the oh, advice. And I love the show, the Via TV. I watch yeah, Thanks for the call there, Gabriella. Yeah, yeah, that Dean, is. it is a real challenge when it comes to the bulbs. We love the bulbs, but we hate the dying leaves. So sometimes we plan perennial plants to come up and grow up and over the dying foliage, whether yeah. it's, you know, like whatever it might be, things that grow fast and are big. Uh, there's lots of examples of things that do a good job covering the leaves, but depends whether you're sunny or shady or where you are in the garden, too. Yeah, we have a similar thing going in our garden. We have the tulips and then we have all the perennials that sort of cover the dead leaves. But uh, mm. yeah, we don't cut them down. We let them die down until they're good and ready to be ripped off. So Exactly. <laughs> OK, we're going to Hamilton now. We've got Joan on the line and Joan is a first time caller. Welcome to the garden yes. show, Joan. Oh, thank you very much. I'm going to give you your garden wings. Thank you very much. Welcome. There you go. Thanks for calling. What do you got for Charlie there? I I got two plants at Easter. I got a lily, Easter lily, and I got um, tulips. Mm -hmm. And I, I let them, the tulips died down, and when they died down, I cut the tops off. But they're still in the pot. Um, the Easter lily is not totally died down yet. I, I wanted to know what to do with them. Can you take them outside? Do you have a garden? Yes, I do. Okay. What I would do is you you did the right thing with the tulips. With the Easter lily, uh, as the flowers were finished, we cut away the flowers. But allow the green stem of the lily the green stem and the green leaves to grow and be green. Uh, I would get them, uh, I get the lily particularly out of its pot and into the ground in a sunny spot in your garden where it gets at least six hours of sun every day. Uh, Make sure that it's a well-drained spot, not a wet spot in the garden. And that lily will slowly but surely become dormant, but it should come up again next spring in your garden. The tulips are probably dormant now, so you could just tuck them away somewhere where they're dry and dark and not too hot and plant them out in the garden later, August, September. Or if you want, you could plant them out now, but of course you won't see them again until next spring. Oh. Oh, but I plant the tulips in the fall, and they come yeah, up in the... They, that's right. They need to be outside for the winter. Oh. So Can I leave you need to get them in the, the ground before right winter. Now? And plant... Sorry? Can Go I ahead. leave them in the pot right now? Yes, you can leave them in the pot right now. Um, but when you do plant them, get them out of the pot, and of course, plant them deeper than they in the ground than they were in the pot. We, in a pot, they're very, we sh- we, the bulbs are very shallow, but in the ground, we go down a couple inches deeper. Oh. Okay. Thank. Yeah. Oh, Good luck okay. with that, Joan. Thank and you thanks very so much. much for the call. 
We could do. It sounds like we could do a yeah. whole show on tulips, couldn't we? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Charlie. Yeah, it. yeah. It is well, a bit of a process. Always, well, it's funny. Mother's Day, Easter. There's all those mm-hmm. gift planters that people get, and they love them, and they want to keep them. And then it becomes a, what do I do? What do I do? So, yeah. and everybody's got different situations. You know, some people have a garden, some people have a balcony. You know, different places to put these things. But yeah, why not keep them going? Yeah, you got it. Okay, got to take another break, but we'll be back with more right here on the Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yeah, I'm Dean Holland, and Charlie Dobbin is with me. We're here. I'm feeling optimistic, Charlie. We have like three more callers on the line. We have about six and a half minutes. I think we can do it. All right. Let's, let's do our best. Let's go to Helen in Etobicoke. <laughs> Welcome to the Garden Show, Helen. Hi there. Hi there. On a beautiful, morning. beautiful morning. I have just a quick question. How do I get rid of the um, weeds that grow between the flagstones? I heard about oh. the vinegar. Is that... <laughs> The the bane of my wife's existence, i got to tell you. (laughs) Okay, so if you want to buy a product, there's something in the garden centers or the Canadian tires, and it's a spray bottle. It's made by Scott's, and I believe it's called Pavement Clear. And it shows a little graphic, a little picture on the bottle of just what you said. It's got flagstones with weeds growing up in between or interlocking brick with weeds growing up in between. Very handy. It's a very powerful vinegar solution. Works very well on a sunny day. And where uh, will I get sun. it? Sorry? Sorry, where will I get it? Canadian Tire, Home Depot, Lowe's, any garden center. You're in Etobicoke. Sheridan's is close by, maybe for you. Um, Yeah, Islington Nurseries, wherever, whatever's close, go there. They'll have it. Pavement clear. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good luck. And now my wife is going to say, I want a bottle of that. Yeah, after the (laughs) recital, that's your job. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Okay, we're going to Alderwood now. We have Nancy on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Nancy. Hi. Morning. What do you got there for Charlie? Uh, there was a man on your show a year ago about tomatoes, how he grew good tomatoes. Do you know what he used? <laughs> yes. And you know what? The best place to get the recipe that he shared with us uh his, um, I'm just going to forget his name for a second there. Lovely gentleman. Was Go to Warner? my website. Go to www.charliedobbin. I don't have a dot. computer, honey. Oh, okay. Then you'll have to keep listening, and I will we'll go to our next caller, and I'll dig it up here for you. Um, you got it. Okay. Yeah, so, it's a great recipe. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, thanks for the call, Nancy. We will go now to Hamilton. We've got Sheila on the line, and Sheila is a first-time caller. Welcome to the Garden Show, Sheila. Thank you. Um, I'm going to give husband, you your garden wings, okay? Oh, Just give me a sec. There we go. All for you, my dear. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning to you both. Morning. Good morning. Um, I, my husband put in a bird cedar in our garden. He kind of cemented it down. Um, I love <laughs> it. We get lots of birds. However, the seeds are now, they, the uneaten seeds are fallen into the garden. And I don't know if that would be toxic or if it would ruin the plants. I'm not too sure what I should do. I keep scraping up the little weeds, but it's quite a job. Well, in my experience, so many of those little weeds that are coming up are actually little sunflower plants. 
because depending on what seeds you're feeding the birds, most of us find that in our blend, there's sunflower seeds. Uh, there could be millets. There could be a few things. So depending on what's coming up, I personally let the sunflowers grow around the bottom of the bird feeder because I think it covers the pole and it looks really pretty. Uh, oh, and then you just clean great. the whole mess up in the fall. No, there's no work like involved. A... <laughs> Pardon? I said there's no work involved. Just let them grow. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, I mean, thank we can you very much. Yeah, if it's a real mess, then you want to uh, weed some of it out there. Uh, if it's taking over the your garden, you know, you want your garden to be your garden. But I just think the poles are pretty ugly anyway, so why not let some of the stuff grow at the bottom as, as, as within reason, right? <laughs> yeah, and then, and then you could start your own bird seed farm, you know. <laughs> yeah, growing well, no, your millets, people coming and, your and taking sunflower pictures. seeds. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, uh, speaking okay. of tomatoes, I have yes, to tell you that go. I. I have not transplanted my little my little seedlings outside what? yet. What? I know I keep I keep moving them back and forth, and I have done this thing that you've told me that I knew nothing about until this oh, year, running my hands over the oh. top, sort of stroking them. I'd never yeah. heard of that. Okay, well you need to get them outside because you're okay. not going to have any tomatoes before Christmas if you don't get them outside. Okay, but, <laughs> so I so but I okay so I take them outside, leave them outside. Can they be in sun now? I don't know. Have they been out at all? Yeah, they have. I've been moving them back and forth. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I would probably take them, water them thoroughly, take them out to their final location, which will be a sunny location. Yeah. Uh, it's windy at my house, so you might not want to leave them outside in little tiny pots. So uh, maybe just put them somewhere where they're out of the wind today in the sun, and then as okay. soon as you can, get them in the ground. Okay. Okay. So And, and just, they like lots of sun and apparently this recipe that you're going to give us. Right. So six hours of sun minimum where you're planting your tomatoes and good quality soil. So okay. bump up your soil with some compost or, or get, you know, composted manure. All right. So from my website, from charliedobbin.com, I will share with you a recipe that has been shared with us from one of our callers to the radio show. His name is Warner. He calls from Tilsonburg. I'm sure he's listening right now. So hello, Warner. You're probably cursing at me for taking so long to get your recipe out here for the listeners. But uh, Nancy, I hope you've got your pen ready. For each tomato plant, insert the neck of a plastic water bottle near to the plant with the bottom come out of the cut out of the bottle. So plastic water water bottle, take off the, the top, cut out the bottom, stick that water bottle into the soil so that the neck of the water bottle is under the soil and the open end that you cut off is sticking up into the sky. Every week, put this on your calendar, every week, scoop two teaspoons of skim milk powder and one teaspoon of Epsom salts into the open bottle every week two teaspoons skim milk powder one teaspoon epsom salts then run water like from your hose or your watering can <coughs> excuse me into the bottle until all the powder has dissolved so you now the epsom salts the skim milk powder will dissolve and will feed your tomatoes there it is there it Enjoy. is thanks for the recipe and you have a great week <laughs> Charlie, and, and I am looking you. forward to the next episode of Healing Gardens right. coming up Monday. Monday. You got it. 9 p.m. Thanks, Carlos. Thanks, callers. Thanks, everybody. Have an excellent week. See you again next Saturday. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.